This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. It is Monday, June 20th, Juneteenth. Hope you're enjoying this now nationally observed holiday. This is a new thing and a good thing, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton alongside a man who spent his weekend painting gnomes, Jerem Jordan. So at Blue Blood Artist, who uh, Aaron Taylor, BYU guy, he does like cartoons. He's awesome. Uh, he draws them. So we painted gnomes for Father's Day. I named mine Tom Nomo. <laughs> <laughs> no, Bo, that's a great one. That's fantastic. That's a good one. Uh, no relation to Hideo Nomo uh, that we know of. But, that is, uh, yeah, that's that, awesome. That's man. outstanding. <laughs> I would put Tom Nomo. In my front yeah. garden area. I yeah. would do that. I don't have what's called a garden, uh, but, yeah, I'd put it out there. He'd just be a gnome. He wouldn't be a garden gnome. For yeah, just, I don't know. For whatever reason, I feel like if you have, like, a collection of gnomes, you need, like, uh, this elaborate entry and walkway into your home. Yeah, I don't want to do that. Like a bench and, you know, all this foliage. No, too much. Nope. <laughs> nope. Or you can just put Tom Nomo on your doorstep, whatever. <laughs> I want to head. I want to head down Nomo a little bobblehead, and then I want Tom Nomo. Okay. Ooh, bobblehead gnomes are those things? Bobblehead gnomes. Probably. If it's not, then you you blew that intellectual jump, property. Jump on there right now. Uh, jump on it. Yeah, you, yeah. Don't say the great ideas alone. Bobblehead garden gnomes aside, here's your show lineup, beginning with the most unpopular opinions about BYU sports that. All of us have ever had. Yes, we want to hear from you. The most unpopular opinions based on uh, a uniform reveal from an NBA team that didn't go as planned. Mm. Which hill are you willing to die on with those opinions? Plus, a fantastic guest lineup, including Elijah Bryant. How many guys, remind me, Jerem, have won an NBA championship and then the next year gone and won a EuroLeague championship? That we know of. Two. Two have done that. Elijah Bryant is one of those. Yeah. Mark DePope. Uh, Mark DePope. De DePope. Mark DePope uh, said he was the first, found out he was the second. Someone goes, no, 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 so-and-so in 76 or something. He's like, <laughs> okay, cool. Great. So, there's a statistician out there that knows that. Somebody. Okay. Two people. Elijah Bryant is one of them. And Heather Olmstead, fresh off her, t- her work, rather, with Team USA and how she's preparing for a very challenging BYU women's volleyball schedule. Bring on today's BYU Sports Station headlines. Men's basketball signs Jackson Robinson, former Texas A&M and then Arkansas player. He's 6'6", 185, three years of eligibility, former top 100 recruit coming out of high school where he reclassified, skipped his senior year. So he's only 19 still. Much more on Robinson coming up in what's trending and what's left for BYU men's hoops and recruiting to Fill the roster for next season. Hey, the Lindy's preseason magazine and their rankings just need to get in line, Jaron, because they're the latest to put the Cougars in their top 25, in the top 20, no less, at number 19. BYU's opponents, uh, well, they have four teams on the schedule ranked higher than them in this Lindy's rundown. Notre Dame, number eight. Oregon, number 11. Baylor, number 12. Arkansas, number 13. The challenge is on. Yeah, that's, that's why I think it's harder than last year. Eric Meek is part of the 12-man USA roster for the FIBA World Cup qualifiers coming up in Puerto Rico in early July. 
back July 4th, part of that. Uh, uh, repping the red, white, and blue. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Mick spent last season in France playing for LNB Pro A, that's the league, and the team was Jail Borge. Good for Eric. Well, I said all that correctly. And I would love to see Eric in some way, some way, sneak into like at least a 10-day contract in the NBA or something, just to see him in an NBA. He did it once with the Kings, did he not? Did he, he play though? I don't know. Did he know, get into a he, game? Yes, he did. I thought he, got, he did. Yeah, he got a 10-day contract, but did he play? I can't remember if he I, played. I thought he did. Yeah. Let's go, Eric. Colin Chandler has NBA aspirations. He is ranked as the sixth best combo guard in the class of 2022. That according to 24-7 Sports. Now, I saw over the weekend Fox Sports also had Colin Chandler as one of the most... They you just know, enlisted 24-7 sports. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Impactful freshman. He's going on a mission. So yeah, we- and his mission is to get buckets in two years. Uh, Eric Bika did play in one game uh, in the 2019-20 season. For, he uh, played 19 minutes. Yeah, had a couple. he had seven rebounds in the game. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> okay, there you go. Uh, Courtney Wayman, Ashton Reiner are the USTF CZA Mountain Region Athletes of the Year after winning the national titles in Steeplechase and Javelin, respectively. Congratulations. Very easy selections when they win the Natty. Yeah. It's like, hmm, who should win? Well, uh, okay, let's give it to the national champions. Heather Knighting and Aaron Livingston of BYU Women's Volleyball left yesterday for USA Training Camp with the United States National Collegiate Team. They'll be at the training center in Anaheim, California through Saturday with college players, uh, some of the best in the country. Listen, this is a great opportunity for them to learn and grow again. Heather Knighting has done this before. We had her on the show recently. This is another opportunity for her to go out, better her game, come back and make BYU better. Absolutely. And Cougars in the minors, Jackson Clough had a hit for the AA Harrisburg Senators of the Nationals organization. And Daniel Schneeman had an RBI for the AA Akron Robber Duckies with the Guardians. Yeah, those guys still doing their thing. Would like to see them take the jump to at least AAA. That'd be awesome. They've been hanging around for a while. All rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. What's Trending, sponsored by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. As we just mentioned, BYU men's basketball has announced the signing of Arkansas transfer Jackson Robinson to the 2022-2023 roster. So it feels like that guard section is now coming together for Mark Pope. Jerem, when you saw the signing of Jackson Robinson, what was your reaction to how he will fit in with BYU? It was exciting because we saw Jackson on a visit uh, last week, and uh, at the time we're told, hey, this, this kid's good. He played sparingly at Texas A&M in the COVID year and then Arkansas. So he's got three years of eligibility. I'm told he can play two through four. If they go small, he can play the four. Six, six, 185, can get out and run. Shoots it extremely well. Um, very confident shooter. Former top 100 guy. Again, Graduated early, didn't have a senior year in high school, went to AM as a 17-year-old. He's now 19 and will be until December. Um, baller family, mom played college ball, aunt played in the WNBA as an assistant coach in the WNBA as well. So he didn't play a ton at Arkansas, kind of buried on a team that, remember, went to the Elite Eight and beat Gonzaga. They lost to Duke. That was a very good Arkansas team. He didn't play a ton on that because they were very talented. Young guy, again, 18, 19 years old. Uh, great work ethic, I'm told. And, and I love the idea that BYU can – I'm not saying he's going to become this player. I'm just saying this general idea, okay, that Alex Barcelo yes. was underused at Arizona, yep. a power six school. Guy who has a lot of eligibility left. Yep. Comes here and can flourish in a different system. That's the hope. I'm not saying he's the same player or going to do what AB did. Don't confuse that. Just the idea of a power six guy coming over. We saw that with Matt Harms. 
We saw that with Brandon Averett, right? That they can have these really big impacts. And again, this kid's young. He's 19. He's played in, in the SEC for two years. Yeah. Now he's going to come into gyms at Pepperdine and not be bugged. And then when BYU goes to the Big 12, he's been a year in the system. I'm not sure he starts right away. Maybe he does, but it's a very senior group for BYU on the wings. Um, and so I, I love the injection of uh, Jackson Robinson into the mix here. Yeah, my initial reaction was, wow, this is a guy that has you know some last – or just some uh, – the ability to be here for longer than maybe just one and done, right? Because be Ru- two years in the big, right? Rudy Williams is one and done. Like yep. this is his final go. And I thought, okay, we wish so, we had more one and done. So these I, are the other kind. Yeah. When I initially read this, I saw Jackson Robinson. He's been at Texas A&M. He's big in Arkansas. And I was like, oh man, like he's a really good player. But is this going to be like, hey, Rudy Williams, Jackson Robinson? Thanks for the one year. See you later. No. Like, uh, hopefully, hopefully right? Jackson Robinson averages twenty a game and he goes to the NBA. That would be well. That would be the kind of one we'll and done that we want. Bridge if and when we need to. <laughs> I am excited yeah. about the fact that, or the idea that he could be here longer than just one year. Yep. yep. Okay, that was the biggest thing that jumped out the page Thanks for me. Also, I mean, we're talking about guys that are. These are not prototypical BYU guys. I also like that. I want all kinds of people. Yes. Here. I, I love that. Yeah. I love I the all idea walks of that. Of life, culturally, religiously, all of that. BYU still needs a big man. But they got the guard thing figured yes. out. And I'm told BYU has at least one spot yep. left for a big. Um, you can start Foos at the five and just play small. Heck, Draymond Green was the center for the Warriors on the NBA championship team. You know what I mean? <laughs> so, yeah. Okay, so BYU still has some work to do on the roster, uh, but all good. <laughs> Topic two. Utah Jazz released a rebrand over the weekend that was met with uh, great popularity. No, it was criticized quite a bit. There are a few who liked it, but certainly was unpopular with the majority. So, Spence. What's your most unpopular BYU sports opinion? Well, I'm not – listen, I'm not ready to go out on the limb and say, hey, like Jason Shepard, like, oh, the Jazz uniforms, we're going to buy the gear. It's going to be okay. When no. you love it, you love it. No. Okay. So uh, I'm not willing to do that. But I am willing to say this. Number one, speaking of uniforms, I have reached the point where we are almost 25 years removed from the bibs. Okay. It's been that long. 1999. So old. Almost 25 years, okay? Yeah. Like 98, too? Right? Was it 90? I think it was 99, 98. It bl- Regardless, so bad, late 90s, care. okay? We're, we're approaching 25 years since BYU wore those unforgettable uniforms. I'm getting to the point where I feel like BYU could have like a one-off where they bring those back for a throwback game. Oh, one-off, I don't mind, yeah. yeah. Not forever. No, no. But a one-off. I have said this before and people are like, no, Spencer! That's the worst take you've ever had. Never bring and back that, the bibs. And that's ever. saying, and that's saying a don't, lot. Don't. <laughs> bring back the bibs for one game. Yeah, one game. If the Pittsburgh funny. Steelers can do their tan pants and their black and yellow and white striped tops in the NFL. One game. One game. Yes, bring bring back the bibs for one game. <laughs> I is, love it. It was so bad, dude. Rob, Rob Morris told us one time that he... He had a ton of those uh, bibs still, like at his house, just in a box. They're just gathering dust. That's your number one <laughs> unpopular. One of them. Okay. okay. Well, that's just because it's tied to uniforms. So that was top of mind. Probably the opinion that I've had that was met with some really strong opposition from former players, former coaches, and certainly fans is that I believe, based on the resume that the 1983 BYU football team put together, they're the best. BYU football team ever assembled. What are you talking? They didn't win the national championship, Spencer. They set up the national championship run. 
This is a team that finished. Today, BYU was unranked to start 84. Well, they they put BYU in the map. They finished. This is their highest rank to date. Final ranking, number seven. Would have been 79, but missed a field goal. I know, but it wasn't, right? This is the highest ranked BYU football team in the postseason rankings to date. Number seven. They go 11 and one. They should have beaten Baylor. I know I've talked to Steve Young about it a ton of times, and it's salt in the wound. This is a team that was like a play away from being undefeated in 1983 and maybe, you know, being in that national championship conversation with the guy that finished number two in the Heisman yeah. voting. So I, I feel like, and they, listen, we, I've talked about this before, Jerem, they beat two teams that finished ranked in the top 15, that finished ranked in the top 15. You they beat the Rose Bowl champions, UCLA. They beat Air Force. This is a really, and they, they won both of those games on the road. Not just ranked wins, ranked wins on the road. Dude, plug the show. We did a whole show arguing 1983. this exact That's fact, probably the my, my yeah. most unpopular opinion, that it's not 84, it's not yeah. 96, yeah. it's 1983. Yeah. Okay, a few of mine. <clears throat> Obviously, the schedule stuff was a hill I was standing on. That changed. <laughs> I did. So that was with there's no Power 5 inclusion in mind in the future. If we knew, hey, this is a ramp leading up to yeah, that makes sense. They were hoping it was a ramp. Right, they were hoping. Uh, and it and turned out to be an actual we, ramp. It wasn't BYU's merit that earned it through scheduling tough. It was that Texas and Oklahoma left and the Big 12 needed teams. And BYU was ready. That's the, that's the merit-based part of that. But the opportunity was because Texas and Oklahoma left. Thank you, SEC. We thank the SEC. So that one, my opinion has changed because the situation changed. It's not the same. You adjust with new knowledge. Okay. Uh, if you never adjust with new knowledge, you're never going to adjust. Come on. Um, why go to church ever then? Yeah. Okay. Uh, here's the other one. BYU had to fire Ty Emmer to get Zach Wilson and have 2020 and 2021 and probably 2022. BYU was. Is that going... unpopular or is that just logic? Well, I'm talking about would BYU had have had 2020 and 21 with Ty at OC? I'm not sure because I don't think they have the QB to do it quite yet. Jaron's hurt. In, in 2020, he can't play. 21, obviously, it's Jaron's time, but he wasn't thrust into the starting role. Obviously, to get Zach Wilson, Ty Detmer has to be fired because he was going to bring in his nephew, Zadik Dinkelman. Instead, BYU brings to Jeff Grimes. They immediately go after Zach. They get Zach. Obviously, Zach being the highest draft pick in BYU history in 2020 is a very special thing. He wasn't a recruit that Ty valued. We all love Ty Detmer. The Ty Detmer OC of 2017... It was it was tough, right? Okay. Uh, and then here's the here's the other one that I don't know is super unpopular, but maybe Jimmer's not the greatest player in BYU men's basketball history. To me, that's clearly Danny Ainge. Okay. I know a lot of people. I love Jimmer. Trust me, I was like at his house multiple times that that year covering him. Like I was around the sideline report here. I love Jimmer. To me, it goes Danny then Jimmer. It goes Danny then Jimmer. And then the, here's the other one that I've said a few times. BYU is an argument that who, who's the better overall athlete to ever come through BYU. Well, there's no question. Danny Angel, Steve Young, maybe? Yeah. Like, Jimmer probably had a better individual year, but like Danny's whole career, the clutch shot, the yeah. Elite Eight, yes. right? Like, BYU beat a four, uh, 14 and an 11 to go to the Sweet 16. It was great, but like, there was no upsets. Okay. They didn't thrash UCLA, like, okay. in the tourney. That was awesome. Okay. Anyway, and then the other one's this BYU's a volleyball school. What? BYU's a volleyball school. <laughs> 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 Shout out to all my volleyball homies. Obviously, it's a football school. I'm most mostly in jest, but when I, um, yeah, when when I uh, made a T-shirt and wore it, got a strong. Reaction. Here's one that just popped into my mind. <laughs> we had this conversation. 
the greatest home win that BYU basketball has ever experienced was the win they had over number two Gonzaga right before COVID hit. Okay, because people are like, no, 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 you weren't there for Jimmermania in San Diego State. Okay, like there, there it was the Triple OT LaSalle game in '79. There, there have been some fantastic home wins, but yeah, the, I don't know. Beating Pacific like six years ago was pretty awesome, Spence. <laughs> Our question of the day: Get on your hill, people. Get ready to die Get on it. Get on your hill. What is your most unpopular opinion? Related to BYU sports. We have some. There's some bad ones. Ah! <laughs> takes coming in. <laughs> so bad. Let's oh go. Oh, my goodness. Let's go. Let's hear from you in Voice of the Nation. <laughs> this is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. At Casey Garner on Instagram says, I love the April Fool's Day jerseys. The yellowish tan and the navy. <laughs> <laughs> that we put out, yeah. I thought they looked incredible. They actually looked pretty good, right? Like, shockingly. <laughs> Some of them were okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's mildly hot. That's You know, it's a whatever. Okay, we did that on purpose, right? To make yeah. you think, like, oh, April this Fools. might be real. Okay, this one. Jonathan Hawkinson on Twitter. Dennis Pitt deserves to be a permanent cast member on BYU Sports Nation due to his unparalleled contributions to BYU and BYU. Hello, Jerem. He just barely graduated. Like, come on. Hmm. Um, no, they're definitely paralleled. Like, Gordon, Gordon Hudson was a... Two-time consensus All-American. I mean, okay. come on. Okay. Steve Preston on Twitter. The tan logos and uniforms were such a vibe and oh should be brought back on. for one to two games per year. Tan needs a second chance. That's unpopular. The tan <laughs> needs a second chance. Yep. Yeah. Okay, coming up. One of the weirdest pictures of Cosmo ever. Plus, back-to-back champion in the NBA and the EuroLeague, one of two players to ever yeah. do it. Elijah Bryant joins us next. This is BYU Sports Nation. Dude's racking up the rings, man. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by BYU Food to Go, the MVP of your next event. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us Wednesday, BYU Football Media Day. We've got a two-hour show that includes Tom Homo, Kalani Sitake, Jaron Hall, many others. Two-hour dish, noon Eastern, coming up on Wednesday, BYU Football Media Day, baby. We really there? And it's the last independent version of this, right? We're there. Then, then it's we'll, Big 12 we'll, Media Days. Big 12. I'm sure we'll create other reasons to flex the BYU TV muscle, sure, right? Sure, Throughout the year, of course. But, uh, yeah, kind of the end of an era. On Wednesday. Unbelievable. We are live in Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU sports play-by-play. I am Spencer Lint. To my left sits Jerem Jordan, and joining us now over Zoom is one of only two men ever to go back-to-back winning an NBA championship. He did so with the Milwaukee Bucks, and then winning a EuroLeague championship with his Turkish League team. His name is Elijah Bryant. Elijah, congratulations on an incredible two-year run. Thank you so much. Obviously, it takes a little bit of luck, but I'm super grateful. Okay, let's start with the most recent championship, the Euro League. What is that like? Because obviously, fans in America, they're tied into the NBA. They see what goes on with the NBA playoffs and all that. How is the Euro League run and championship different than your typical lead up to the NBA finals? Yeah, I think to kind of explain it to everyone, Euro League, every game matters. You know what I mean? Because you don't have that many games in the early. So every game, every night is a, is a big game and it counts towards something. And then for us, 
specifically, I mean, we started 0-4 in EuroLeague. And like I said, every game matters. So um, getting to the playoffs is not always easy. And then once you get there, you know, you have uh, one series. And then if you win that series, you're, you know, you're in the, in the final four. And then the final four is one game, one semifinal game, one championship game. So it's definitely not, it's not easy. It's a lot of pressure, um, but that's, that's what makes it fun. And that's awesome because we've got, uh, you know, Brandon Davies uh, over with Barca, and then we had Jim Fredette, uh, you know, in Lithuania a couple years ago. So we're getting more familiar with this process, but it's big time. How would you compare the two title runs with the Bucks, and then uh, obviously with Anna, uh, Anadolu Efes in Turkey? Yeah, so for me specifically, obviously, with um, uh, Anadolu Efes, I felt like I had more of a a role, but it's still, it's still the same type of pressure, same type of situations, you know, um, what the NBA was obviously it felt a little bit longer and the series were a little bit drawn out and felt like there was more, more stake at hand, but they're both very similar. I think the final four though provides a little bit more pressure because you know, like I have one game, I can't be off this game. Like I can't make mental mistakes. I can't do it that. Whereas in the NBA, it's like, okay, we lose two games, we'll figure it out, you know, go back home, win our two games. So I think the EuroLeague provides, you know, extra pressure in those Final Four situations, but it also allows maybe one team who's not supposed to win wins a game and all of a sudden they're in the finals, you know. So if they get, if they get hot, they could win a championship. Elijah Bryan is with us on BYU Sports Nation. He is a champion in the NBA and a EuroLeague champion as well with Anadolu Efes. You may have already answered the question. You talked about how your role is – expanded playing in Turkey, uh, which run did you enjoy more? One is certainly more physically taxing. The other is uh, just incredible to be around that Milwaukee Bucks squad and be playing with, uh, you know, Sam Merrill, a guy that was at Utah State. Sam Merrill's the first guy you bring up. I love right. that. Come on. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I you, love that. You play with Giannis, too. <laughs> what, what, was, what was more enjoyable for you? Um, I mean, obviously, the NBA's always been a dream. Um, I don't think it's really set in on what I've accomplished yet just because it's been a whirlwind. But the NBA was definitely super special. And they're both unique, right? So the NBA, it happened so fast for me. I mean, I was in Israel, and then all of a sudden, I'm in the playoffs in the first round in Miami. And before I know it, um, we won the championship. So I would say NBA was super special for me just because to see these guys um, hone in on their craft at the highest level and to be able to stay focused um, during a long season. Uh, I saw that recently when we played the Turkish League after winning the Euro League. It's not easy. It's, it turns mental super late in the season, you know. So, I mean, yeah, I would say probably the, the NBA, the, the, the seeing the star players and, and all that stuff. But with the Euro League, what stuck out to me most is the details, you know, the, the little things that determine the game, you know, rebounding, that type of stuff. Like as I said before, you you can't really have too many mental mistakes um, during these final four games. So, yeah. And let's be honest, a couple of years ago when you uh, left with the year of eligibility from BYU, you stood, uh, or sat in this case, on this set and said, I will play in the NBA. You said that. And then you did it. It was Israel, you, you, and you went through that. Your first team all league there. You go to the Bucks. you win an NBA title, now you're in – Turkey, but it's just been an unbelievable run. You mentioned it's been hard to sort of take in at this point. 
Have you had a moment where that's settled at all of what the last two years have been for uh, like for you? I mean, I think maybe yesterday or a few days ago, I, I forgot about the championship ring actually. And uh, <laughs> I, I got, cause I've been so busy. I, I got, I haven't seen it yet. I got home and they're trying to show They're like asking me, Oh, you want to see your ring? And I'm like, what are you talking about? And I was confused on what they were talking about. And then, like, oh, and then I realized, and I was like, I haven't seen the ring yet. So when I saw it, I was just like, wow, this is crazy. Like, it's actually happened. But it's been so, my, my career is just getting started. So for all this to happen, it's still like, it seems so surreal. And that's why, like, I was telling someone the other day when I was watch, watching Steph with his fourth, um, and he started crying. That's exactly how I felt after I won the EuroLeague because there was so much pressure on, like, the media is like, you know, you're going to be, one of two guys to ever do this back to back and being the competitor I am, I want to do it so bad. So the tension and the, the anxiety and nervousness built up as soon as we won, it just all, all fell out. So I'm trying to, I'm trying to get it all in, but also understand that there's a lot more to do. Sure. Yeah. But you can smell the roses, right? Which is incredible. So are you saying you hadn't seen your NBA ring because you were in Turkey and it got shipped to your house in the States? Yeah, so basically, <laughs> when I landed in Turkey and I watched the celebration like on uh, on my iPad, and I was just like, "Dang!" I mean, it was it was hard, but it's like you gotta make sacrifice. So yeah, like I didn't see the ring. My son saw it before I saw it, and then I realized. I mean, I got back home there telling me, you know, you want to see your ring, and I was like, "What? I mean, my wedding ring? Like, what are you talking about?" And then I realized that <laughs> I hadn't seen the championship ring yet. Wow. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Elijah Bryant's on BYU Sports Nation. I'm watching you, and I'm rewinding to your NBA days with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks. You get picked up. You go in. It's late in the regular season, right before the playoffs start. You start knocking down a few shots. Three goes down, and I'm like, man, Eli belongs. He belongs there. This is fantastic. What was the moment for you where you felt like, ha, yeah, you know what? I do belong as a professional basketball player. NBA specifically or just professional basketball? Just anywhere. Yeah. When did you feel like okay. I, I belong here? Yeah, I think, I mean, my first year out, um, I've always put a lot of focus on my professionalism, you know, take care of my body, all this stuff and seeing players and then seeing how well I was doing in the league as a rookie. I'm like, there's no way I can't have a chance at the NBA. So um, I guess after the first few games in Israel and understanding like basketball is basketball around the world. So, Playing at that level is all about, you know, your skill, your professionalism, how you take care of your body, that type of stuff. So as soon as I went to Israel and I saw that, I mean, I could handle my own, I knew, like, the sky's the limit for me. And that that summer league game where you put up, like, 31 or 33 or something, I was like, okay, okay, this is going. Um, we had Mark Pope on recently, and he talked about how he had played for Anadolu Ephes as well. And he said on uh, media day when he got there, they gathered in sort of the, the courtyard of this hotel, and uh, a cow was brought in. Uh, its, its throat was slit. Blood was applied to his forehead, and it was like this real new cultural slash perhaps Islamic experience, right, um, of being in Turkey. Have you had anything that was unique or different uh, like Mark had in Turkey? Fortunately enough, I did not have um, that type of <laughs> introduction to Turkey. But I mean, I mean, you hear the call to prayer all the time. There's mosques everywhere. Mm -hmm. um, when I first was going there, when I was with Maccabi Tel Aviv, I was like, 
I could never play here. Like it's, I don't, I don't feel comfortable, but when you live there, you get so used to it. The people there are so generous and so kind and so nice. And you realize that just like, you know, our religion, they're just devout members of their religion and they're, yep. they're doing as it's supposed to. So you grow to actually respect it and learn from them. Yeah. But definitely when I first got there and I was landing, I'm looking, I'm seeing all the mosque. I'm like, bro, what am I doing? Like, is, is this really worth it? Like, but once, like I said, once you get to understand the culture and, and meet the guys, it, it's normal. Fantastic insight from Elijah Bryant. We'll finish with uh, a couple of quick hitters before we let you uh, give some publicity to an exciting summer camp you've got set up, Elijah. But what are your immediate playing goals with basketball as you push forward through 2022 and beyond? Yeah, I think for me, I have one more year on this on this contract in Turkey, and then after we'll see what is happening with the NBA. But at this point, um, I was telling somebody else that I've checked that box of playing in the NBA. So now for me to go back to the NBA, it has to make sense. Like it has to make sense for me as a basketball player. Can I contribute to a team to win? If that's not the case, I'm I'm I'm, I'm good with that. You know what I mean? And I'll, I'll stay overseas and I'll I'll help a team win. And um, my goal over there is to get first team all year league eventually and uh, continue to progress to become the best basketball player that I can be. And if that's not, if they don't think that's the NBA, then, then so be it. But I'm not hung up on the NBA anymore. Before I was super stressed, super anxious to really check that box. So um, that's been checked, but again, take it day by day and, and see where it goes. Cause again, it's a, it's a basketball game that I'm playing for a living. There's a lot of great leagues and money to be made in these leagues, which is awesome. Okay, let's finish with this. Tell us about the the basketball camp uh, that you're putting on here in a little bit. Yeah, so it's called the One Cent Academy. You know, my motto is the One Cent Club. It's about putting a penny at each every single day and see where it gets you. Um, It's August 4th, uh, ages 8 to 18. It'll be two hours. But the main focus I want to contribute to this next generation of basketball players is – the idea of everything else besides the basketball, the mental, the stretching, the taking care of your body, because I feel like, yeah, I could teach them how to shoot. I can teach them how to do A, B, and C, but what are they going to do when adversity hits? How are they going to handle that? And all these skills that I've learned, per se, from Craig Manning, um, from all these high-level guys that know how to deal with adversity has helped me way more than any skills trainer has ever helped me, not just in basketball, but in life. So, for example, my camp last year, um, we handed out journals and we allowed every person to go around if they wanted to, to share what they're grateful for. So it kind of puts these kids in a different mindset of gratitude instead of always comparing um, what they have to others. And obviously that's what the church teaches. But I think if we're able to get in that mentality more than comparing, not just in basketball, but in life. It's going to make a better life for them, but it's also going to make them a better basketball player. Yeah, what a unique, fresh, and frankly cool outlook and take on a basketball camp. Uh, just to clarify, this is happening August 4th, and where are you doing this, Eli? Uh, Norton Performance Center. It's in uh, Highland, Utah. Okay, there you go. If you're local to the Highland, Utah area, Norton Performance. Or fly in if you want to hang out fly with Elijah Bryant. Let's go. <laughs> yeah, if you want to hang out with one of the two guys to ever win an NBA championship and then a EuroLeague championship back-to-back, this I'm, is how you do I'm it. suddenly 18 years old, uh, so I'll, I'll be out there. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> hey, Elijah, congratulations on everything, man. We appreciate the time. Good to, re- good to reconnect and catch up on uh, on your life and, uh, I, and basketball. I appreciate you guys. Have a good one.
You got it. Elijah Bryant on BYU Sports Nation. Elijah Brigham Bryant, by the way. Yep. And Craig Manning, longtime BYU mental strength coach, hired by the Bucks and is still with them uh, today. Giannis Antetokounmpo was consulting with Craig Manning when he was here at BYU, which is pretty awesome. How about that? Pretty cool, right? Yeah. Okay, coming up, Heather Olmstead joins us fresh off of getting the gold in the Pan American Cup with Team USA. And which BYU tradition should absolutely be included in the new NCAA football video game set for release in 2023? This is BYU Sports Nation. Tortillas and popcorn popping, bro. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you by Marisk, enabling global trade for a growing world. To interact with the show and get some content throughout the day, follow us on our social media platforms, BYU Sports Nation, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, and He is Jerem Jordan. I am Spencer Linton. You know what time it is. Let's whip it. The Cougar Whip Round presented by Marisk, your integrated container logistics company enabling global trade for a growing world. The world is growing, right? Friend of the program, Matt Brown, reports the new EA Sports, EA Sports, NCAA football video game release scheduled for July of next year. The greatest news since we learned BYU is going to the Big 12. Pretty good. He also found out EA is asking schools for popular chants from fans and songs played by the bands to be included. So which BYU traditions would you want to be included in the game? Number one on my list, without hesitation, is the BYU Cougars chant that goes around the entire stadium. So you got... There are four sides to Lavelle Edwards Stadium. I think the audience right, knows what right. I'm just saying. I'm saying if you don't, you're not familiar. There are the BYU fans. I want the BYU Cougars chant involved in this game somehow. I think that has to be in there. I would like popcorn popping. I would also like tortillas thrown on the field after touching. Well, if you got the, the difficulty with popcorn popping is you need to get like some significant rights granted to you to be able to do that. Um, consistor, Cap Perry, <laughs> release those or those is that IP of the church? Yeah. How, how much of a significant financial uh, need is that to make that happen? Yeah, I'd like to see that happen for sure. And then just make sure Cosmo's heavily involved. Cosmo and the Cougarettes dancing during timeouts and the timeout Viral screen. Cosmo dances, something like that. Yeah. As mentioned earlier, the Utah Jazz released pictures of their rebranded uniforms, and it didn't go well. Their new color schemes being black and yellow. Black and yellow, black and yellow. Got us thinking, which new unused color, never before tied to BYU, would you add to BYU's color scheme if you could? Because the Jazz went from purple and gold and green to black and yellow. Yeah, is is black uh, an official color of BYU? If not, I would like it in there. Okay. I, I, we've had some women's soccer, women's basketball, men's basketball, football, unis that have been black. Uh, love the look of it. If I have to go outside that, I'd have to think a little bit harder. Like, mm -hmm. a, like a neon blue. Okay, I have a very specific answer for this. Okay? It's a certain shade of gray. It's ice gray. Mm -hmm. A very light gray, almost a shiny gray. I think that would look really nice, whether you choose to go with navy or royal blue as the major color. If you had, like light ice gray, almost silvery components to the BYU uniforms, I think that would look super sharp. Yeah. We'll see if they ever go that direction. Okay. ESPN president Jimmy Patero said this morning on uh, Richard Dyche's podcast that the plan is for Texas and Oklahoma to join the SC in 2025 still. Weird reports of perhaps 2024. Uh, do you want two full years of Texas yes. to know you in the Big Bowl? Yes, because it gives BYU a greater chance to host both Texas and Oklahoma in Lavelle Edwards Stadium. Certainly to play in both if you have those teams in the league for two more years. So, yeah, I'm in favor of this. Also, 
I was not understanding why Texas and Oklahoma wanted to leave just one year early because it's like $40 million per year per school. Ain't, ain't no thing to Texas. So but it 80, is a thing to Oklahoma. I mean, $80 million between the two schools just to leave one year early? Just wait it that's, out. That's a Tuesday for Texas. That's nothing. Yeah, I want two years of those guys in the league. Absolutely. That'd be great. Well, who's right? Because we're hearing conflicting reports. I trust the ESPN president. Yeah, trust right? The horse's mouth, man. Yes. They're the one that uh, essentially... No, no question. Yeah. This, this yeah. carries weight, right? Significant weight. Jeremiah, a drawing was tweeted out combining a BYU and a Tampa Bay Buccaneers logo. Do you like this logo mashup? I love it. I think this is uh, the unofficial logo of the BYU at South Florida game now. Because BYU's playing in uh, Raymond James Stadium, or if, if it's still called that. This okay. is awesome, man. Shout out to uh, to Brandon Goot, Goody, uh, whose, whose daughter did this for Father's Day. This is fantastic. Very nice. Whoa, well, well designed. That's awesome. Well drawn by your daughter, I think it was written during Sacramento meeting, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> Tom Homo tweeted out the following photo. Some, on, no, no, there's some significant time put into that. Yes. The national, on National Mascot Day. Um, talking about, uh, you know, meeting his wife, uh, Lori, 42 years ago. It was hard not to focus on how crazy Cosmo looks here. <laughs> Should this Cosmo make a comeback? Never. <laughs> never. Straight up frightening. The googly-eyed Cosmo Ugh. should never be a thing. Okay? He's, I said it on the phone this morning. <laughs> it looks like a character that's going to be joining the modified version of Winnie the Pooh and the new and Winnie the Pooh movie, Blood and Honey. This fall. <laughs> no. Yeah. Um, no. This, yeah, this this Cosmo is right up there with Vecna in yeah. Stranger Things. Let's go. We, lo- we love Cosmo. Just I don't love the, that Cosmo. It's not that specific Cosmo. That mustache was terrible. That was honor code inappropriate. Yikes. Coming up. Does your unpopular BYU sports opinion get the elite voice? Of the- Maybe that's an unpopular opinion for many of you that we don't like that Cosmo. I don't know. <laughs> BYU women's volleyball head coach Heather Olmstead will join us as well. Oh, she's got a gold medal. Yes. She yeah. brought it. All she does is win. We know this, right? What's the secret? Is she finally going to share it with us? This is BYU Sports Nation. <laughs> the gold or the secret? BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store. Official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Join us for BYU Football Media Day this Wednesday. Not only do we have a two-hour edition of this program, but state of the programs at 11 a.m. Eastern time, two-hour BYUSN. Hey, watch BYU in the streak against Utah again. We've got web chats as well on the BYU TV app for a couple of hours. BYU A History of Independence live show at 4.30 Eastern, and then the top 100 plays. Yes. That was before the 21 season, so Tyler Algiers, punch-out's not in there, whatever. A lot of great plays in that one that's coming up. It's a loaded day on Wednesday. That's part of the fun is like the plays that have happened since we did that show. Yes. You can decide like, okay, which plays need to be in the list and where would we put those? I think only Tyler Algiers' punch out really made it, honestly. Just that play. Yep. Okay. Too dominant. Okay. It has to be dramatic yeah, <laughs> sometimes, right? It's, a, it's an individual play, not a win, because people be like, what about the win over Utah? Yeah, yeah. No, no. it's plays. It's plays. It's plays. individual yeah. plays. Joining us now in Studio B as we welcome you back to BYU Sports Nation is the gold medalist and just an ultimate winner, Heather Olmstead, head coach of BYU What's Women's up? Volleyball. What's up? Welcome back with a new gold medal, no less. Yeah, let's see it. My medal. That's gorgeous. Pan American Cup champs. Yeah. 
The coaches get uh, medals in the Pan American Cup. In the Olympics, they do not, right? Yeah, that is so cool. Where do, where do you put those? Because, like, you've you've won a lot of stuff. Where, where, where do you put all of this sure. stuff? Yeah, they're in my office just behind where the kids and the recruits can see them. And just we, right. it's a talking point, you know, USA Volleyball and the opportunities I've had. So I, I leave them in my office behind me. Yeah, like, the you shine do have, is like, so bright. They're like, hold on, I'm distracted. No. I like, can't see. Seriously, you do have, like, one of the coolest offices. Like, the swag in that office is, like, incredible. Well, nice. You. It's nice. Renovated the last like two years, you know, you. it was good. So wait, you came in and told us about what you hoped the experience would yeah. be like. What was it like yeah, in it, Louisiana and Mexico? Yeah, so much more. It was it was incredible. It was a great experience. The first part was so cool to be around USA Volleyball, be in Louisiana, to train with our team, to be around Karch and his staff, and to be able to learn from them. We were able to sit in on a scout of their match versus Brazil. We were able to watch two matches. I got to watch Alexa Gray. Uh, Alexa! Canada. Canada. That was probably one of the highlights of my trip was being able to sit down and chat with Alexa, get to watch her play, and um, just love that girl so much. And so uh, being around USA Volleyball to to start the trip and then going to Mexico and doing our own thing, it was was really neat to be able to go bounce from that experience to Mexico to to our team of 12 where we went from 20 players down to 12 and to compete against some of the the best teams in South America, uh, and it was cool. Okay, a couple of initial thoughts. I can't believe it's been eight years since Alexa Gray I know. was at BYU. Is she still going strong professionally? She is. Oh, that's awesome. And actually, the VNL USA team is home this week, which Aaron and Heather get a chance to be a part of, which we'll t- chat about. I think they're off, and they're going to Canada next round. So that's great. They won't play Canada again, but Canada is the next week of the VNL for the women's team. Very okay. Nice. Second thought is, you've done this before. I mean, you've traveled. You've coached at a high level with different uh, staffs. What, what made this one unique and different from – uh, the previous experiences and maybe how did it shift you as a coach? Yeah, for sure. I, I keep talking about the difference was we got to be around the senior women's national team. We got to be around Karch. Usually you go do your own thing with the U21 team or a different age group and you're not really around the senior women's team. So that for sure was an advantage for us to be able to train and be able to witness the, the senior women's team and see some of the best players and have our girls on our team look up to those girls and mm. get to chat with them. We met with Sue Enquist, who's their mental strength coach. Uh, she's softball coach from UCLA, just uh, amazing. So we got to just meet different people within the USA Volleyball uh, community and program. Um, as far as me, I think just being able to be uncomfortable in different situations and learning more about other countries and how they play the game and always comes back to serve and pass. And that's, that's the <laughs> it cool always thing. does. It always comes back to serve <laughs> and pass. One time before a BYU-UCLA men's match, Al Skates, 19 national titles at UCLA. Carl McGowan's number one enemy. <laughs> like, this great rivalry. I would say, hey, what are some of the keys tonight? Serve and pass, serve and pass. And I was like, oh, is there more to it, please? It, sometimes there's not. But I like something you really said there is I, it was be, being uncomfortable. A lot of times uh, you get to a comfortable place and you don't grow because you're not uncomfortable. Yeah. So in, in what way you, were you uncomfortable where you were like, oh, this is good? Yeah, well, number one, I was an assistant coach again. So it's like rewind it back. <laughs> that's different. Rewind it back. Yep. And that's what you live for. For me, like going back to my roots of being an assistant coach, of being able to support somebody else as the head coach or just the staff in general, I think it's good for me to be put back in, in those shoes to be able to have uh, – some understanding of what my assistant coach, what my staff goes through. I think that was really good for me, for me to do the grunt work. I was scouting, I was watching film. I was learning this new system (laughs) that we had to do like that. I, I, I I scout, but this was a different level of scouting that I had to prepare and present to the head coach. Like, Hey, this is what it looks like. This is what I think. What do you think? And then collaborate that way. That made me uncomfortable. 
but it, it was really good for me, and I think we did a good job and, and ultimately brought home the gold. Did it, like, take a sec to get back in the oh, the chair there as the, an assistant? By the end of the trip, I still wasn't comfortable. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, it was still – Once you're a head coach, it's, like, it's yeah. nice, right? And that's and I like that because I, I did have to to try to find different ways to to relate to not only the players but the coaches, and then in your relationship with the girls as an assistant coach, it's different than the head coach. So mm-hmm. that was something that took me a little bit of time to get mm. back in the swing of things, but the – the young women that we coach were so fantastic. They were so open to, to learning and to leaning into uncomfortable situations. It was pretty cool. Great stuff. Somewhere Dave Height and Johnny Neely are They're like, yes, like, yes, 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 yes. What we do matters. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Heather, uh, really exciting schedule that you have put together. And we had an opportunity to walk through it with uh, some of your players, but now that you're back, what do you think of the schedule overall that it's finalized yeah. and you got some big time teams coming into Provo? Yeah. Um, were my spoilers worth it? It's yes. Worth it. Yes. Okay. They were good. They were really good. Yeah. We're excited about our schedule we put together. We love the home matches that we get. Um, we're excited. There's so many I, matches. I don't even know which ones to bring up. But hey, Pitt sticks out. Yeah. So quite the rematch with yeah. Pitt is exciting. Um, Dan and I had some nice uh, combos over in Mexico uh, about that match and what it's going to look like. I think it's exciting for the fans. I think. I like personally playing Cincinnati, a future Big 12 opponent. Yes. And, and the fact that they are willing to come here, you know, one year before we see them in 23 was huge for us. I love all the in-state uh, games that we get to play, but I can't. Yeah, go ahead. Utah State. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Your alma mater, Rob Nielsen's getting that program back. Yeah. They won the Mountain West regular season title last year. That's a cool game. It's going to be super fun. Really Good cool tournament. Uh, Washington State, Georgia Tech, Ohio State. I mean, Every match is going to pose a unique challenge, so they're all going to stretch our team. and For sure. And we're going to learn a lot about ourselves early, which is great heading into our last season in the West Coast Conference. And this is probably a tougher schedule than last year, and, and you crank it up because you want the best seating in RPI possible, it's probably. It's all relative to our team and those teams. Like, yeah. we don't know. We'll, the time will Hopefully tell. Hopefully they're like last year. Yeah, That's our, how you, you go off the last couple of years, right? Like yeah. And RPI of the last five years. I think years it depends on how our team shows up this fall, ready to sure. go. I know the girls are working hard. We got Heather and Aaron with USA this week. Great which experience. Which is super cool. And what's cool about that is that USA is home from the Philippines, from VNL. So they'll get a chance to watch the senior team practice. They'll actually be practicing alongside of them in Anaheim. Very so they'll nice. have interaction too. They will. Yes. And so I'm Very looking cool. for them to, to reach out to some of those players and coaches and, and get uncomfortable and have some conversations and start – uh, thinking if I know Heather's done a lot of USA, if USA's in their future playing pro, those are the things when 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 women can dream about what they want to do after BYU. It's it's where we benefit the most. What do you want to do? You can play pro. You can play USA volleyball. Yep. Let's help you. So they're there this week, and I'm I can't wait to hear how it goes for them. Okay, let's finish with this. Yes, we got to get this one in. Do you have an unpopular BYU sports opinion? Uh, okay. Well, you already I think you already brought up that. BYU is a volleyball school, and it, yeah. it is, really. <laughs> it is, yeah. um, men's and women's. Uh-huh. But I would say that I would say my unpopular opinion is that our win or wins over Stanford in 18 and 19 are bigger than the Gonzaga win in basketball. Oh, oh. Hey, you took, deal. That, took down number bigger one deal. Stanford. Seven-time national champ yes. Stanford. Yes, yes. Whatever, you pick 18 at home or 19 on the road. That's a bigger deal than what basketball You know, back-to-back did. years. Both were unbelievable. Eight, 18 is a huge deal because it keeps you a top-four seed yep. probably at the yep. very end. You host and then you go to the Final Four. So what do you pretty think? Pretty big deal. It's pretty good. It That's got the, you to the Final hey, Four. It's definitely unpopular okay. because okay. mainstream men's basketball. Whatever. All right. Yeah, that's a good one. No, no. It doesn't no. need to be popular. 
In fact, I don't think you actually want it to be punted. Okay. You know what I mean? That's one of, you want that's one of on my that favorite like memories. Yeah. I've called a lot of games. And so it's a classic. I have called a lot of different games and matches. That is like easily top three experience yeah. for me so all good. time. Like so that good. was unbelievable. And you love to end a match on a review. <laughs> <laughs> Hey, as long as it's a win. As Whatever. long as it's a win, The intensity right? was yeah, incredible. Exactly. Heather, great stuff. Thanks, Thanks for coming, coming in. Me. Congrats on the gold. Thank awesome. You. I'm just going to help you take it. Fine. Coming up, what's the most popular, unpopular BYU sports opinion? And our rise and shout out to the double holiday over the weekend. This is BYU Sports Nation. This portion of BYU Sports Nation is presented by Mountain America the official credit union of BYU Athletics. BYU Sports Nation is on demand. You can download the BYU TV and BYU radio apps today. All right, our question of the day, what's the most unpopular BYU sports opinion that you have? Let's get to some of these responses. At TX Colonel on Twitter says, John Walsh is the most unappreciated quarterback at BYU. Mm -hmm. Beat Notre Dame on the road. 619 yards BYU record in a single game. Had a 147.6 career pass efficiency rating. Lost Number to Ohio six State. in NCAA history. I didn't know that. Beat Oklahoma in a bowl game, but he's often never even mentioned it's weird. I think the 94 team is the most underappreciated team in BYU football history. Ooh, I go uh, 79 on that one, but yeah. Okay, second response. Tan the man Merrill on Instagram. I think we need to stop wa- switching back and forth between Navy and Royal and just combine them on the uniforms. Either Navy with Royal and white accents or Royal with Navy and white accents. You don't have to limit them. You can do both. Okay. Uh, Jackson Payne on Twitter. Chosich greater than Ainge, greater than Jimmer. At the time, yeah. Woo-hoo-hoo-hoo. But uh, God, God surpassed. Elite Voice of the Day presented by Sundance Mountain Resort. Andy Noel on Instagram. Would love, would Loki love to see the Kalani combo with royal helmets, navy jerseys, and white <laughs> pants? Anything is possible! <laughs> that's, push, that's pushing it. Today's Rise and Shout Out presented by Mountain America, the official credit union of BYU Athletics. Shout out to uh, Tavita Atalifo, who passed away, women's rugby assistant coach. Our thoughts are with uh, the team and his family. And I uh, hope you enjoyed Juneteenth and Father's Day over the weekend. Double holiday. A double holiday! Thanks to today's guests, Elijah Bryant and Heather Olmstead. Sorry, Dennis. For Jeremy, i Shout out to Camry Godfrey Willison. We'll see you tomorrow on BYU Sports.